Welcome to Barbecue Radio Nation, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Dan Hathaway, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading grill masters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of Barbecue Radio Nation. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Nation. I am Dave Kias, along with our engineer Kyle and producer T-Bone, of course, our in-house barbecue expert and my co-host Dan Doc Hathaway. Coming up on the show, Meathead. We have got Meathead. It's going to be on the show. <laughs> Meathead Goldwyn is his name, author of The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. It's on the New York Times or was on the New York Times bestsellers list. Dan's got a copy of the book. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like my little barbecue Bible anymore. I, I reference that thing a, a ton whenever I'm cooking. It's considered in the top 100 best cookbooks of all time. Not barbecue cookbooks, cookbooks. Well, it, it, it should be because it breaks it down and it takes it from, it, it, it actually reads like a textbook. I bet. It's, it's a fantastic book if you're looking for times, temperatures, how to's, why not to's, don't do that, do this. That's a perfect book for you. So are, are you saying if colleges had... Barbecue (laughs) as a class. This would be the textbook. That's going to be the textbook. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point, T Bone. Why? Thank you. So smart. I know. You know, we should let him talk more. We should pay him someday. (laughs) I um. So, uh, by the way, his website, Meathead's website, check it out, AmazingRibs.com. What a great name, AmazingRibs.com. Of course, we're also going to be talking about gift ideas for Black Friday, just around the corner, Cyber Monday, also around the corner. Thanksgiving is around the corner, and uh, we talked about uh, um, smoking turkeys last week. Yes. So this week, we got to talk about deep frying them. Boy. Yes. Don't the, do them frozen. The danger <laughs> the danger and safety that needs to go into that. So, and fun. And fun, yes. <laughs> yes, just have a fire retardant suit on when you do it. And it's like you lawn darts. I was watching one of the videos this week of these guys, and they're just lowering it in, and it's just the, the flames were coming up, and they were just like going, well, I don't know, Buck. What do you think? And I was like. <laughs> quick, quick safety tip. Okay. All right. Is this? right. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about more, but. If you have a bucket of water standing by, you are really going to be in a mess. Okay, we should point out that T-Bone is a former firefighter. Yeah, we, I, yeah. So what is, okay, I know we're going to talk about it, but but briefly, what what's the best thing to have? A fire extinguisher or what? What's the best thing to have around just yes, in case? Yes, uh, a powdered. Powdered one, yeah. Fire extinguisher or CO2. And you really should have a powdered one in your kitchen too, right? And Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the, the object is, you know, you attack it at the base with your nozzle and just kind of blow the flames off of it and cover the oil, which is the fuel, with with that coating. Wow. So okay. it can't reignite. We're going to need a video tutorial on this you from know, T-Bone. <laughs> you know, we rarely are, are informative, but gosh darn it, we try to be entertaining. But this time, you know, we're going straight informative there. So, so I'm sorry that wasn't entertaining. <laughs> no, 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 actually, you may have just saved a few lives over Thanksgiving. So thank I, you. I hope so. 
So I'm, I'm good. I got a bucket of water in case <laughs> this thing goes. No, Bubba, put the water down. So, uh, of course, we're going to do Ask Dr. Dan segment in just a couple of minutes, but I've got my own Ask Dr. Dan question. Oh, no. Okay. He and wants it, this sauce bad. No, it's not a sauce. And it's, <laughs> it's, I, I have to admit, it's not directly barbecuing, but you could put barbecue on it. Uh, but it's a cooking question. Okay. I, for the life of me, cannot do a grilled cheese decently to save my life. <laughs> Quit laughing. I knew you were going to laugh at me. No, it, it's funny because I, I consider myself a, a, a grilled cheese guru. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. So I've been, I've been asking friends. I've been looking it up online. I've heard okay. things like, okay, you know, you put a light coating of butter on the bread. Okay. I've heard light coating of mayonnaise. I've heard you, get, you get the, 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 um, the, what do you call it? The, the skillet, really hot. I've heard it, you start it cold. I've heard this kind of cheese. That I've heard, do you sourdough bread? Okay. I've heard a hundred yummy. I know, I love sourdough bread. So give me just, oh my God. Dr. Dan, help me out here because I love grilled cheeses. It's getting colder. Yes. Tomato soup, you know, I, and, I, and I'm terrible at it. A question. Yes. Uh, w- what is the problem? Are you burning them or no, is they the just, cheese not melting? No, or? they just kind of come out like soggy. They're oh, like, yeah. they're you, like soggy. They're I, hot. I, I can, I can, I can solve your problem. All your problems, all your grilled cheese problems. Good, good, With good. one answer. Got it. You need a cast iron skillet, my friend. Yeah, you're right. I that's don't all have you need. one. Cast iron skillet and Texas toast. And that's all you need. Oh, Texas toast. And don't start it out too low. Cause then the, the butter will melt into the bread and then you just have your big old soggy mess. You have to get it nice and hot. So not, you do want it hot to not start Not too with. hot though. Not too hot. Like medium heat. Oh, see, this is getting difficult. <laughs> no, this is, this is, this is the easiest thing. Okay. All three of my girls can cook grilled cheese. Oh, like, man. Like a champ. <laughs> Sorry that you can't cook, cook grilled cheese. Okay, well, to make you feel better, uh, uh, I know a person pretty closely that I'm married to that, that <laughs> continually burns them. Oh, really? It's, it's always trying to go too fast. Oh, wow. A person that he will not let near the radio this weekend as the as this show is being played. Ah, she doesn't listen to the radio show. <laughs> no. Okay. Cast iron skillet, man. Yeah, I need to get one of those because I don't own one. I know a place you can buy them. I know. <laughs> how much are they? How much are they at your store? You spend like twenty five bucks. Are they? All, is that all? That's a small price to pay for perfectly cooked yeah. cheese. No, <laughs> trust me. I have I have gone through twenty five dollars worth of bread and cheese and butter and mayonnaise nope. trying to get a good grilled cheese, and I, I've never had one at home. Never. Really. Yeah, it's We're so just, deprived, it's Dave. Pathetic. Were you so using mayonnaise instead of don't use, butter? I don't ever. Somebody said, put a thin layer of mayonnaise on the outside instead of butter. I tried it. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They said it was really good. All right. Enough enough of me and my problems. I mean, when you don't have anything other. Hey, if they can make it work, more power to them. Well, that's true. That's true. So now let's do an official Ask Dr. Dan (laughs) segment. Oh, that that wasn't it. Okay. I thought you were vetoing the other No, (laughs) no. I just selfishly took up airtime for my wants and needs. Well, Well, we thank you for your grilled cheese question. You're not getting going to receive a bottle of... Bravo, bravo Q. Thank you. (laughs) So we are sponsored by our November Barbecue Sauce of the Month. And this is very exciting. It's called Bravo, Bravo Q, which, by the way, in military and T-Bone, you were in the military. The Bravo, Bravo stands for? BBQ. 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 (laughs) And that's Q-U-E. They've got two brands. They've got the Casey Smoke, which is kind of your traditional Midwest sauce, which is really good. And then the Texas Black pepper if you like a little kick 
you want to go with that. And proceeds from the sale of Bravo, Bravo, Bravo Q benefits the Veterans Community Project. And uh, they're building small houses for veterans. This is so cool, getting them off the streets. Um, and let me quickly give out where you can purchase it. You can purchase it at BravoBravoQ.com, or you can make a donation at VeteransCommunityProject.org, or just buy it at Dan's store at the Kansas City BBQ store.com and buy it direct. All right, T-Bone, what do we got for a question? Okay, I got a question from Mindy, who's in Nevada. I recently got into smoking with my new smoker. Yay, Mindy. Yay. My brisket had a bitter taste. Where did I go wrong? She put mayonnaise on the outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that could have that could contribute to that. But no, uh, you know, a lot of times when uh, people first start g- to get into smoking, uh, they get a little they they use a little bit too much fuel or they'll use wood that isn't dried out enough. And so that's where you're going to get bitter flavors from. It's just the creosote in the in coming off the wood that's probably a, a little too wet. So um has nowhere to go. It has so nowhere it to go. It gets you know, it's just there. it's all trapped in there. But yeah, and, and then a lot of times people just keep filling the, the firebox full of fuel and, and that essentially sucks all the energy out of your fire. So you end up with a small fire that's just smoldering the whole time and not producing any heat and just a lot of dirty smoke. Well, Mindy from Nevada, thank you so much. We want to always point out that just as many women barbecue as men, this is not a guy's thing. This isn't everybody's thing. Everybody loves to barbecue. And we're going to send you a bottle of barbecue uh, barbecue sauce of our Bravo Bravo Q, which again, which benefits the veterans. Uh, you can purchase it at the Kansas City BBQ store.com. Um, if you want to make a donation, I bought one of their masks, by the way, at veteranscommunityproject.org. And again, check that out. They've got the uh, Casey Smoke, which is delicious and then if you want some kick to it do the texas black pepper now coming up we've got meathead goldwin he is the author of the science of great barbecue and grilling one of the best barbecue books ever put out so be sure to check that out and be sure to check us out on facebook at barbecue radio nation that's bbq radio nation and we'll be right back uh, you can talk about the pit barbecue the band was jumping, the people too, I mess around, they're doing the mess around, they're doing the mess around, everybody doing the mess around, ah, everybody was juice, you can't bet your soul, they did the boogie boogie with a study roll, they mess around, they're doing the mess around. CDC is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of a novel or new coronavirus. There are steps you can take now to get ready if an outbreak occurs in your community. Make a household plan. Learn how to prepare and to take quick action if someone gets sick. Older adults and people with chronic medical conditions are at greater risk. Take extra steps to protect them. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Say please come on home. Why? Wanna put my arms around you? Oh, yes. Squeeze you to your old black old crib. That's bad. That's the way I feel about you. That's a pretty good love. 
And welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. I am Dave Kias along with Dan Hathaway. I forgot to mention in the last segment, if you got a question for Ask Dr. Dan, you can email us direct at drdan at bbqradionation.com. And, well, speaking of experts, we have definitely have an expert in the barbecue world. His name is Meathead, and he's author of The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. It was on the New York Times bestsellers list, and it's considered one of the top 100 best cookbooks of all time. Now, not barbecue cookbooks. We're just talking cookbooks. And uh, you can check him out at AmazingRibs.com. He is the Barbecue Whisperer. It's Meathead. Meathead, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I'm great. It's good to talk to you guys. And thanks, thanks for being here. I, um, I, I've been to your website. I, 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 I'm going to tell everybody several times, go to AmazingRibs.com and check it out, all kinds of products and different things. I love the video. And um, if you don't mind, we've got Thanksgiving just around the corner, and you were talking about turkeys, dry versus wet, brining and all that. Can, can you kind of help everybody out for Thanksgiving and talk turkey for a moment? Oh, now you told me there was only nine and a half minutes in the first segment. <laughs> I mean, I—that's I, 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 a thirty-minute answer for crying out loud. <laughs> well, 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 we'll shorten it down to the best you can. Okay, don't stuff the bird. When you stuff the bird, you make this very large, dense thermal mass, and it takes the hot air cooks the outside of the bird, but the hot air can't get into the meat. It's the warm energy that has been collected in the outside of the bird that works its way down to the center. The hot air cooks the outside of the bird. The outside of the bird cooks the inside of the bird. And if you stuff it, it takes it a lot longer for the warm air to get all the way to the center of the stuffing. If you don't snuff it, you can let warm air into the cavity and it'll cook a lot faster. And when it comes to cooking, hot air makes the muscle fibers contract and they squeeze juices out. So you're going to get an overcooked exterior and it's just going to be dry and like cardboard. Now, a lot of people stuff it because they think the juices are going to come out of the bird and go into the stuffing. But if you cook a bird without the stuffing and you look in the cavity when it's done, you'll only see three, four tablespoons of liquid in there. There's no way that water, and that's what's what's in a bird. Muscle is 75% water. That water is not getting into the stuffing. So what you've got is a bunch of wet stuffing and a little bit of crispy bits sticking out the butt end of the bird. (laughs) Now, Now turn your back on that bird for five minutes, and everybody will come over and pluck that crispy stuff off the back end of the bird because that's what they want most is crispy um, stuffing. So I make stuffing muffins or muffings. I take the (laughs) stuffing, I take the stuffing and I mix a little egg into it and I put it in a muffin pan. Oil that muffin pan up good, grease it with butter and put the stuffing in there. Now everybody gets a muffin with a big crispy top and crispy sides, all the same, juicy in the center, and it just looks cool. And now you've got your bird with an open cavity so it can cook partially on the inside, partially on the outside. You're going to get a moister, better bird. But, of course, the best way, and we can talk about this on after the break, is to butterfly it or spatchcock it. 
Okay, Meathead, I've, I've learned so much in just a short period of time. Quick, <laughs> quick question, and I did not ask you, what city are you in right now? Oh, I'm in a, a little town called Brookfield, just just west of Chicago. Okay, you're near Chicago. I need your address because I'm coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I want that muffin stuffing or the muffin or stuffing, whatever you called it. That sounds delicious. It is. It we're and and everybody thinks it's the coolest thing ever. And you get lots of crispy bits. I'll tell you what I'm going to do this year. I'm not going to do my usual muffins. I'm going to try putting my stuffing in a waffle iron. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> genius. So genius. Talk about crispy bits. <laughs> that's awesome. So Meathead, uh, wh- how hot are you cooking your turkeys since you're not doing any stuffing in them? Are you doing okay. them a little bit lower so they can they they heat yes. up slower? There's a general rule of thumb. The hotter you cook something, the more the muscle fibers contract and squeeze juice out. So... A lot of these recipes that tell you 500 degrees and stuff, they're, 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 dial it back. Mm-hmm. Dial everything back. You know, we always talk about barbecue as being the art of low and slow. That's exactly right. Dial it down. Now, I'm a big fan of 225 for just about everything except chicken and turkey. Yeah, you're absolutely because right. Because you, you need to dial it up just a notch to get the skin crispy. There's a lot of fat in the skin. It's not all fat like a lot of people think, it, it, but it, it, it's more fat than the, than the muscle it has. And at 325, you can get the skin crispy and render a bunch of the fat. So I do chicken and turkey at 325 and almost everything else at 225, nice and gentle. Remember, the hot air cooks the outside of the bird, but the outside of the bird cooks the inside of the bird. And that inside of the bird is 75% water, and water is a great insulator. It takes a long time for energy, and that's what heat is, energy, to move through water. And just think about that. Like in a bathtub, you get in the bathtub. Somebody could put a hot poker in the bathtub. It takes a long time for the water to heat up. Um, so, and that's what meat is. It's just water. How often have you put a hot poker in a bathtub, by the way? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you plug it in too. <laughs> so meathead. So I, I have been t- cooking turkeys the last couple of years and I've kind of found that, that, that 275 ish is a, is a good number to start out with, especially on the smaller turkeys. And then sure. the last, like, I don't know, 45 minutes, I'll turn it up to 300 to get that skin crispy. Am I, am I doing it right? Or should I just start it at the 325 and just let it roll? That'll work. I think, I mean, the the key here is, is that you're cooking the turkey most of the time Mm -hmm. on a low temperature. Yeah. So you remember, you need to think of heat as energy and it's more important to think of it as energy. Let me give you a great example. Go inside and turn your oven up to 225. When it's preheated, open the door and stick your arm in. You can do this. You can actually hold your arm in the oven at 225 for a minute or more, and it won't hurt because it's not that hot. And because air doesn't carry a lot of energy, and it doesn't store energy, and it doesn't transmit energy. It's a very poor transmitter of energy. Now, take your hand and put it on the side of the oven, on the metal (laughs) on the inside. When you get back from the hospital... (laughs) You'll understand that 225 metal is different than 225 air. Now they're both 225. 
same temperature, but the energy is what makes a difference. Mm. So when you put warm air around a turkey, it's storing energy in the exterior of the bird. It's like a battery. And that battery pushes down towards the center at slowly, but there's more energy built up in the exterior. So you, and if you think about, it, think of a steak. Um, if you cook a steak, you and slice into it, you often see you get a beautiful, nice dark crust, and then underneath the crust is a very thin layer of brown, and then there's a thin layer of tan, and then there's a thin layer of pink, and finally in the middle, it's medium rare, which is your ideal tenderness and most juicy level for a steak so you have this rainbow effect and that's caused by the energy working its way to the center very slowly now there are ways to combat that and and the same thing goes with turkey and the way you combat it is low temperature gentle give the temperature the energy time to work its way to the center all right meathead we're going to stop right here i hope you can stay for another segment uh just remember if you're putting hot stove uh hot pokers in your bathtub or sticking your hand in the oven it's meathead at amazingribs.com amazingribs.com and uh, we will be right back with more with meathead here on barbecue radio nation Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and everybody's getting down in this town. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. Be sure to check out the fantastic selection of barbecue grills, smokers, and so much more at the Kansas City BBQ Store.com. And welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. I'm Dave Kyes with engineer Kyle and producer T-Bone. Of course, my co-host, our barbecue expert, Dan Hathaway. And we are talking with Meathead. He's, got, he's the author of just an incredible book called The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. It's on the New York Times bestseller list, or it was, and which is pretty impressive and also considered one of the top 100 best cookbooks. Not just barbecue books, but best cookbooks of all time. And you can check out his website, AmazingRibs.com. He is the barbecue whisperer uh dan you had a question we're still talking turkeys here because it's right right around the corner you had a question about brining yeah so last week on amazingribs.com i i check it every morning it's one of my one of my daily haunts <laughs> and so i got on there and there was a great article on uh dry versus wet brining and traditionally i've always wet brined and i've started to experiment a little bit with with dry brining on turkeys but i haven't i'm sorry on chickens but i haven't really ventured off into doing a big turkey with a dry brine. So I just wanted to get from the horse's mouth the true story on should I should I go ahead and dry brine it or should I just stick with my old tried and true wet brine? And Meathead, before you jump into that, um, I'm the amateur here. I know about wet brining. I don't even know what is dry brining. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, well let's start with the fact that 
a lot of turkeys nowadays, when you buy them, have been injected with salt. Mm. Um, and there's a reason for this. And you can see it on the label. They usually call it enhanced. <laughs> and uh, you, you want to read for that. Um, they're allowed to add 8 to 10%, I think, of, um, of a solution with salt in it. And that salt is the magic rock. Salt is unlike any other spice and herb you have on your shelf. Salt is just uh, two atoms, sodium and chloride. And when they get wet, salt gets a not, an electric charge. It's called ionized. And they can penetrate deep into the center of the meat. All your other spices, sugar, um, pepper, garlic, onion, they're huge molecules. Um, uh, sugar is like a minimum of 23 atoms. Um, they just can't penetrate. Mm. They can get into the little um, pores and cracks and crevices in the surface and can get a sixteenth of an inch, maybe a quarter of an inch at the most, into the meat. They cannot go to the center of the meat. When you carve your turkey and you taste the center of that turkey breast, all you're going to taste is turkey. You're not going to taste any of the seasonings you put on the outside. They all stick to the outside. But when salt is on there, it goes to the center and it does something really cool. It alters the shape of the proteins. It's called denaturing the proteins. And it helps them hold on to moisture. The other thing that salt does is it amplifies the natural flavor of the meat without altering it. Garlic will alter the flavor. It will give it a garlicky character. Onion, the same thing. But salt just turns up the amp to 11 and it makes the turkey stronger flavor. So you want to use salt. Now, I know a lot of people are on salt-restricted diets, but you don't need much. The rule of thumb is a half a teaspoon of Morton's kosher salt per pound of meat. Now, that's your rule of thumb. I, I say Morton's kosher salt because that's the standard salt we use. It's a different grain size than table salt. It's half as salty as table salt. So if you're using table salt, um, use half as much. Um, now, what is dry brining and wet brining? Wet brining is you get a big old tub of water and you mix salt in there. You go for about four to six percent and you dump the bird in there and the salt begins its little path down to the center <laughs> of the bird. But you don't have to get this big old tub of water where you got you take up a whole refrigerator. A lot of people use beer coolers and then they got to put ice in there and that dilutes the brine and all that. And, and they put apple juice and garlic. None of that can get into the bird. The best system is what we call dry brining. You just salt the bird. You just take half a teaspoon Morton's kosher salt or a quarter teaspoon of table salt and sprinkle it on the bird per pound of meat. And it takes time, but it will work its way down to the center. Salt it the day before. And it will get towards the center. It'll help hold on to moisture and amp up the flavor. So that's the whole concept in dry brining. You can put the other spices on whatever you want. You know, a lot of herbs tend to be really good on, um, uh, on, on turkey and chicken. Um, uh, we have a rub recipe on our website that uh, uh, is, is parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and it works really well on turkey. Uh, so that can go on at the last minute. It doesn't matter when that goes on because it's not going past the surface.
Okay, so let me, I just wanted to clear this up just for my own sake, because everything that you just said is just brilliant as far as I'm concerned. So the to me, what I've- Will you, will I, you tell my wife that? I, I will. Yeah, I absolutely will. We, but, we'll, we'll, so, text, we'll text her after the show. So if, you want, so if yeah. you want to truly alter the flavor, the internal flavor of the turkey, a wet brine is the way to go. If you want to retain moisture and, and amp up that turkey flavor, the dry brine- is going to give you the best result. Well, really? No, it, it's not. You're not going to alter the internal flavor. Okay. You're, with a wet brine? The only way, the only way you, you had Dave Busca on a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. He, he makes injections. That's the way you alter the internal hmm. gotcha. the muscle. Gotcha. But nothing you put on the surface mm-hmm. will alter the internal flavor. Well, Salt will go in. Right. Nothing else will. But salt doesn't alter the flavor. It just amplifies it. It's just an enhancer. It makes it stronger. Okay. So nothing gets in there except salt. And this is not just, you know, my theory or idea. I mean, it's it's well known among the meat scientists and the the experts in the field. Um, So, um, yes, but salt, salt it by all means. Salt is crucial. Now, Meathead, normally we end our interviews now, but I'm. can you hang around for one more? This has just been, it, I mean, it's like going to school here. Can you, can you, prof, prof, <laughs> hang on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rename you. Prof, yeah, I, I can, I can hold it. Professor Meathead, can you hold on? Can, can you, can you go over to that box of wine and get one more glass and we'll be right back? I, 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 I have a nice, uh glass of wine right by my side. Perfect. All, at your service. Perfect. <laughs> uh, check out Meathead's website. It's amazingribs.com. That's amazingribs.com. And he's the author of The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. And we'll be right back with one more segment with Meathead right here on Barbecue Radio Nation. And the shuffling mat Barbecue Radio Nation is heard on radio stations from California to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionation.com. Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? Check out Barbecue Radio Nation on Facebook. Give us a like. Dave and Dan need the attention. Dan and Dave here on Barbecue Radio Nation with a very special guest. Normally, we don't carry guests over to our fourth segment, but Meathead is just brilliant. He's the author of The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling, which the first half of the book, by the way, it's, it's a lot of the science and so forth of it. And then the second half, we got recipes for you. Okay, so you want to check out his book. It was uh, on the New York Times bestseller list. It's considered one of the top 100 best cookbooks of all time. And you can learn more at AmazingRibs.com. It's the Barbecue Whisperer. Meathead, welcome back for one final segment, buddy. How you doing? 
Oh, you mean we're coming to an end of this? Uh, in about eight minutes. We're having too much about fun. About eight minutes. We are having too much fun. Okay, we've, we've been talking a lot about turkeys, and we also want to talk about deep frying before we let you go. But what about gravy? You mentioned that, that you got a great yeah. gravy recipe. Well, here's the secret. Um, first of all, if you have a roasting pan with a V-shaped rack, get rid of that V-shaped rack. What happens is when you put that turkey inside that V-shaped rack, the lower third of the turkey is behind metal walls, and the heat can't get through there very easily, and you have to put liquid in the bottom. Otherwise, the drippings will burn and smoke and set off the smoke alarm. <laughs> so you have you have water in the bottom that cannot go above 212 degrees, no matter what you do. You've got metal sides. So if you're cooking at 325 or 350, whatever you're cooking at, the top two-thirds of the bird are at 325, but the bottom one-third of the bird is at 212, maybe 250 at the most. So you've got this huge differential between the top of the bird and the bottom of the bird, and that's why when you pull the bird out, and you've seen this, the bottom of the bird is tan and soggy. There's no crispy skin, and it's just butt ugly. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to raise the bird up above the pan. And this is where the grill is fantastic. If you put it on your grill on the indirect side, and if you, we can talk about direct and indirect in a minute, but you put it on the grill and you put the pan under the grill, now the bird is floating in the air above the pan and warm air can circulate all around it. The bottom gets the same temperature as the top and it cooks evenly. And now in that pan, you Put in some carrots, some celery, some onions, some apple, some white wine. Um, you can throw in a handful of herbs or spices uh, you want. You can throw in some chicken stock. Whatever you're, you're going to let the drippings come into that and the smoke get in there. And you're making a turkey stock, a turkey soup underneath the turkey. And that's the base for your for your gravy about five or 10 minutes before the bird is done. You're going to shoot for 160 degrees. Hey, you've got to have a digital thermometer. Um, go to the barbecue store. I've looked at their list of thermometers. There's some great ones that they carry. You need a thermometer to tell you when that bird's 160 because you don't want to overcook turkey. It turns to cardboard. And when that bird hits about 150, you pull that gravy pan out. You strain out all the solids, throw them away. They've given it all up and then just taste that gravy. If it's weak, you can cook it down a little. Don't put any salt in the gravy at the start. Wait till the very end. Taste it when it's the right concentration. Then you can salt it. And now you have a turkey stock that's wonderfully rich in flavor. It's got some smoke in it and it's got everything you could ever want except flour. And here's where you got to make a choice. If you want your typical um, gravy with flour in it that will sit on top of the meat, that's one approach. I leave it thin, just like this, no flour, no nothing, because it soaks into the meat mm. instead of sitting on top of it. But if you want your traditional gravy, and you know grandma wants it, <laughs> you take equal parts flour and butter or flour and turkey fat equal parts and you melt them in a, in a in a saucepan and you stir until the flour turns amber that takes the wheat paste flavor out of it it's got to turn color 
Don't let it go brown, just amber. And then you pour the stock in there and mix it till it's the thickness you want. And there's your gravy. And it'll be the best gravy you ever tasted. That sounds- and you can do this in the oven if you're not going to do it outdoors. But for crying out loud, do it outdoors. And you know why? It tastes better. And you got to leave the oven for pie. <laughs> Everything <laughs> tastes better outside, Meathead. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're kind of running short on time. And we've been talking. We, we already talked a little bit of safety as it comes to deep fried turkeys, because that's a big thing. But quickly, <sighs> give us your recipe for deep fried turkeys. Well, I mean, there's really not much of a recipe for it. I mean, you're going to salt the bird. Um, don't let it sit around, come to room temperature. That's a, a, a bacterial, uh, uh, <laughs> Nightmare. Nightmare, yes. yeah. Um, but, um, w- one of the best techniques is you get a step ladder and you put it over the pot and you take a rope and tie it to the, um, uh, the Turkey and you stand back and run the rope over the top step of the step ladder and you use it like a pulley system, and you just gently lower the turkey into the oil through the step ladder, so that as soon as it hits that oil, it's going to go nuts. <laughs> I mean, you've got cold turkey, and, and and your oil temp, your target temp for the oil is three seventy five. Okay. And so you've got a turkey coming out of the fridge at thirty eight, and you've got oil at three seventy five. It's going to bubble and boil and splatter and everything like crazy. Don't do it on your deck with their or don't do it on your patio with beautiful pavers because any oil that comes out is going to stain the surface do it in your neighbor's driveway <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or or your driveway um, don't do it in the garage for crying out loud i've seen oh. go, if you go to youtube and, and google um, uh, the deep fried turkey you'll see garages catching on fire cars catching on fire do it in the open air. I do it on the grass. Um, so if the oil bubbles over, I'll just have a couple of burnt pieces of grass. It's no problem. But um, uh, stay, no, no open toe shoes, <laughs> you know, so, uh, wear long pants, uh, you know, uh, wear an apron, stand back. So one question for uh, for the deep frying of the turkey. Can you go ahead and brine a turkey and then deep uh-huh. fry it and you don't have to worry uh-huh. about the residual moisture in it? Yeah, and in fact, that's one of the cases where dry brining works even better still. Perfect. You're just going to salt the the bird, give it 12 hours or more, the salt will penetrate. One of the problems with wet brining is that the water can get in there, and it kind of dilutes the flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of mushes up the meat. That's why I think dry brining is better. And dry brining works on steaks. It works on chicken. It works on just about everything. The moisture in the meat, remember, 75% water, will melt that salt, and it will go deep into the meat, and you don't need to put a big old vat of apple juice and garlic and whatever. Um, Waste of money. Well, Meathead, thank you so much. We are out of time. I wish we, uh, when we when we expand to a two-hour show, we're just going to have you be the show and Dan and I will leave. Uh, please, once again, check out his website, AmazingRibs.com. If you if you missed part of the uh, interview, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Alexa, all those forms, and listen to the, the interview in its entirely. It'll be Thursday after this broadcast. Uh, Meathead, thank you so much for being on the show, and, and happy holidays to you, buddy. Hey, same to you guys, and uh, stay safe, and let's let's do it again. Yes, for sure. Thank you for listening to Barbecue Radio Nation. We'll be right back.
You listen to Barbecue Radio Nation. I'm going to tell you what. If you're looking, you ain't cooking. Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. Dave Kais, along with Dan Hathaway. I want to thank our guest, Meathead. Check him out at AmazingRibs.com. He was such a great guest, so we've added a bonus segment. You can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, along with Overcast or Alexa. Or coming out on Thursday, if you go to our Facebook page, which is BBQ Radio Nation, T-Bone will be nice enough to set that up. Also, want to thank our sponsors for our... our Sauce of the month. Uh, of course, it's Bravo, Bravo Q to help the veterans. They've got the KC Smoke and Texas Black Pepper. You can purchase that at the Kansas City BBQ Store.com. 100% of the proceeds help the veterans. Or if you'd like to make a donation directly, go to veteranscommunityproject.org. Um, coming up next week, you got a guest for us, Dan? Yeah, so my good friend Lance Rosen from Australia, he actually owns a, a couple of restaurants down there, uh, Big Boy Barbecue, and then he has a, a place called Southern Grace. And the thing about Lance is he comes to Kansas City every couple of years and does a barbecue tour, and he's done tours in Texas, and he took all the knowledge that he learned about our, our special cuisine we have here in the States, and he Put it in Australia and is absolutely killing it down there. Very nice. We'll have him on next week. Okay, so holidays right around the corner. Black Friday, a couple quick guests. These are under $100. First of all, I don't know what this is, so I'm asking you, Dan. Okay. A kick-ash basket, stainless steel, large charcoal basket for $79.99. What is that? Man, that's a, that's a lot in one. So basically, it's this great product that's um, built by this company called Kick-Ash Baskets, and it's made specifically for Kamado style or ceramic grills, and it replaces that that little gnarly little uh, cast iron grate in the bottom of it, so it makes it easier to manipulate your charcoal the way you want to to get the right burn time and all and everything else that goes along. Very nice, and also the Luft Lighter Electric Fire Starter, also seventy nine ninety nine. What is that? So basically, that is a a. Uh, charcoal lighter that you plug into the wall and it blows hot air down into your lump charcoal and gets it going super hot, super fast. And, uh, you don't have to use any petroleum based products for it. Okay. Speeds it up. Speeds it up. I like speeding it up. Yeah. It's like a big hairdryer on steroids. <laughs> well, and again, tune in next week. We'll have more gift ideas as we go cheaper and cheaper. And soon we're going to be in Dave's range of <laughs> gifts. So working our way down to those potholders that look like pigs. Well, we got to get you one of those cast iron skillets so you can make your grilled cheese. My well, man. again, that's going up too much, but uh, we'll, we're going to get down to those eight ninety five type gift items and we'll go with that. So thank you so much for tuning in to Barbecue Radio Nation. Be sure to once again, check us out on our Apple podcast, Spotify, Overcast, Alexa to hear that bonus segment with Meathead and please like us and become part of Barbecue Radio Nation on our Facebook page at BBQ Radio Nation for Engineer Kyle and Producer T-Bone and my barbecue... What are you? Eh, he's something. He's an expert. It's I'm Dan the guy. Hathaway. He's the guy. <laughs> I am Dave Kais. Thank you so much for listening to Barbecue Radio Nation and happy barbecuing! Hey, hey! It's your old pal Krusty for my new pork sandwich, The Clogger. 
If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico! <laughs> you two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. This is Meathead, and I'm talking to you on Barbecue Radio Nation, and we're coming down the stretch to Thanksgiving. And I want to share a thought with you about Thanksgiving. You know, no matter how divided we are politically, racially, ethnically, sexually, Thanksgiving is the one holiday around the whole year that's devoted to food, and we're all eating the same meal. Most of us, at least, are eating turkey, sweet potatoes, cranberries, dessert, pie. It's like we're all sitting around the same big table. And this year, more profound than ever before, because many of us are not going to be able to get together with our extended families. But we all are sharing the same meal, no matter where we come from or what we're doing. It's just the most profound holiday of the year. And welcome back to a bonus segment for our podcast on Barbecue Radio Nation. You've been listening to Meathead, who's got just a wonderful website. You need to ta- check it out. It's AmazingRibs.com. And normally, we you know we get rid of our guests by now, but... Well, they get, no, they get rid of us. Yeah, they get rid of us. You never hear from them again. Luckily for us, uh, Meathead had opened up some wine, and he happens to be a wine connoisseur, which helps us. Uh, and, uh, and you want to check out his book, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list. It's also considered one of the 100 best cookbooks of all time. Again, the website is AmazingRibs.com. He's definitely a barbecue whisperer. So I want to touch back one more time, and then we'll let you go, because I I know that uh, you're running out of wine, Um, is that uh, uh, we were talking off air after after the the first segment about, or the last segment, I should say, we were talking about the um, deep frying of turkey. And you had a little bit more. Do you do you remember what it was? I know it was a while ago, but I have no idea what the hell we said. <laughs> but we were talking. No, we were we were we were talking about the other. We, you had asked originally during the um, for previous segment about safety, and I I talked about using a step ladder for something like a pulley. The other thing you got to be careful about is people forget that the turkey has a lot of volume and it displaces the mm. oil. And so they'll take that pot and they'll fill the pot three quarters of the way full or almost to the top. And then they put the bird in there and it pushes the oil up to the top and over the top. When it comes over the top, you've got a bare naked flame right below. And now you've got a real serious fire hazard. Meathead, I'm I'm a fat guy. And when I take a bath, I have to keep that in mind (laughs) because I don't don't want to be mopping up the floor after a bath. You got magic marker marks on the side of the tub to where you can fill the tub. Always have a Sharpie handy before you take a bath. (laughs) Well, you can do the same thing with the turkey. You can fill that bucket with water or oil and drop the turkey in and see how much it displaces and know just how high you can fill it. And so now you're ready to go. You fill the oil in there, get it hot. You put the bird in there and it won't overflow. That's really crucial. That's where people get in trouble as they overflow right. the oil. Meathead, T-Bone here. Uh, okay, so if you had said a key word there, that they drop the turkey in. And that's where a lot of people, I think, get in trouble. So on this pulley system, you're on the ladder. Uh, and mm-hmm. what you see in these videos that go bad all the time is they as soon as it gets above the oil, they're dropping it in 
Yeah. And then it's they an get explosion. splash and everything, and then yeah. you've got an explosion. It's, you got an explosion. I mean, so is the there anything is... wrong with just kind of, you know, like putting the turkey's toe in the water? Yeah. <laughs> Same thing as with the swimming pool or the hot tub. Gently. <laughs> well, I mean, if you drop the bird in there, you, you're, the bird's coming out of the fridge at 38 degrees or so. 34 to 38 is what your fridge should be dialed into. Um, and it's coming out cold and even sat on the counter for a little bit. It's still cold. It's under 40 degrees. Um, and now you're going to put it into 375 degree oil. That's a 335 degree differentiation in temperature. It's going to explode. It's just going to blow oil all over your deck, your patio, your driveway, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're too close, it'll be in your lap. Mm. Um, so gently, that's why I recommend this, uh, a frame, the, uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the step ladder, you, you've got a, you know, a, a 10 foot rope and you've got the Turkey hanging from the top step and you gently lower it in from a safe distance and gently let it go in there gently. And it'll, it'll, it'll still make a ruckus. Uh, but, uh, it, it'll be a lot safer, a safe ruckus. Safe ruckus. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's amazing watching all the videos. I've been watching some lately and I just I just cringe watching these idiots <laughs> dropping these things in there and it's overflowed and and they're just like, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, we, we've done our public service announcement. We have. And so. We have. <laughs> now, Meathead, I was looking at one of your videos on your website and you were talking about why you don't boil ribs. And there's a little controversy in the barbecue, especially <laughs> the, the, the backyard person. Talk about why you do not barbecue or I'm sorry, boil ribs. Well, all right. Water is a solvent. So when you put anything in water and heat that water up, it dissolves it. Now, boiling ribs or boiling meat is a tradition that goes back to Eastern Europe. And um, if you go to Portugal or Czechoslovakia or a Portuguese restaurant in Kansas City, did I say Portugal? Polish, a Polish restaurant or a Czechoslovakian restaurant in um, uh, Kansas City, you'll get served ribs in a bowl with with um, its own juices. It's a stock. It's a soup. It's a uh, stew with cabbage and potatoes and caraway seasoning. And that's the way it's commonly done in Eastern Europe. Um, if you um, boil ribs, the flavor comes out in the liquid. Mm. And so you lose an awful lot of flavor uh, unless you drink the liquid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay, so, with the, stay with the wine, meathead. Stay with the wine. Yeah. So we, we like to say if you boil ribs, the terrorists have won. That's a, I had a T-shirt made with that on there. I had a T-shirt made with that on there. I coined that. If you had a T-shirt. I'd Did you really? My words on your, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Dan's sending you a check I, I, now. <laughs> but if you if you boil ribs, the terrorists have won. You've taken the flavor out. You can't get it back in. Now, a lot of people do it. Because it really speeds the cooking. Remember, we were talking about energy. Water transmits energy faster than air. So if you simmer or boil ribs, you are going to cook it a lot faster. And it's going to get very tender, but it's also mushy. Um, I think most people who know about cooking know that dry heat, dry, warm air will lock in more flavor. Same thing with a steak. You wouldn't boil a steak. You <laughs> Um, you, 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 you roast it in warm air on your grill. 
you grill it over a flame and that locks in the flavor and you're going to have maximum uh, intensity of flavor. You boil it, you lose flavor, you dissolve flavor, and the terrorists have won. Now, now Meathead, i got to ask you, I've got a, a buddy of mine, he's a... Uh Irishman who who uh, used to be a butcher and every once in a while he will fix when he has this over for poker night corned beef and cabbage and he boils the corned beef and it's delicious uh-huh. now is that yes. is that okay yeah well it's a different piece of meat and it's different corned beef the word corning it comes from an old expression where salt grains were large like corns and corned beef you notice is a bright pink It's usually a cut like the brisket, but it's been soaked in water with um, a a, a nitrite solution, which is a preservative. It comes from the days before refrigeration, and it turns it pink, just like hot dogs turn pink. The same preservative is used in hot dogs, in corned beef, in bacon, in ham. They're all pink, and that comes from this nitrite or nitrite, nitrite, not nitrate. Nitrite, and um, it preserves the meat, but it's a it's a sodium base, and it, 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 it's salty. And so, if you simmer it in water, not boil it, boiling it will really shrink it up, make it tough. If you simmer it, um, you'll pull a lot of the salt out, and so it will be less salty and more tasty. But you can take that corned beef and soak it for a couple of hours in water. Don't have to turn the heat up. It'll pull a lot of the salt out just by osmosis. Then pat it dry, put a spice rub on it, and throw it on the smoker. And when you're done, you have pastrami. Yep. That's how pastrami is made. And I'm here to tell you, I love me my Texas brisket. But there is no better form of brisket than pastrami. See, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm on your side on that one. That, that's oh my, my one of my absolute favorite things to do is make pastrami. It's just, and you can grill corned beef, too. Yep, yep. Um, it, it's going to be chewier. That's the thing about – same thing for lobster. You boil ribs, they're tender, and they absorb water, and they're a little mushy. You boil lobster, they're tender, they absorb water – they're a little dilute and mushy. You roast lobster, throw it on the grill. It's going to have more flavor. Same thing for corn. You you boil corn. You are going to extract flavor. Water's a solvent. You roast it dry on the grill, and you're going to have more flavor. Same thing for lobster, for corned beef, anything. You put it in water. You're going to take flavor out. You're going to tenderize it. You're going to make it um, a, a little wetter but you're going to take out flavor. So it's a trade-off. It's your decision. Do you want tenderness or do you want flavor? I'll take flavor all day long. And that's, <laughs> that's you know, and that's why everybody, that's why we love grilling so much because it does, it adds something that you, it, you it's, it's a flavor you can't buy and put on, put it on. No. Yeah. It's just it, the greatest thing. It, it's, you just can't buy that flavor. No, you it's can't. It's just unique and special. And, uh, and, and especially when you get to smoking, I mean, 
you know, they have liquid smoke, but it's not the same. It's not the same, no. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Meathead, we're going to let you go, buddy. I uh, want to remind everybody listening to this bonus segment on our podcast that you need to check out his website. It's AmazingRibs.com, and go buy the book. It's called The Science of Great BBQ and Grilling, Great Barbecue and Grilling. It's an amazing book. First half, all the science. Second half, we've got uh, all kinds of recipes on there, and you can learn more about Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. Our first ever bonus segment, uh, Meathead... <laughs> Thank you so much. Get back to your wine, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Hey, great talking to you guys. I um, hope you folks will come down on the website. Check out our meetup in Memphis. We're going to have a big conference in Memphis next August. It'll be a blast. Cool. Very cool. Well, thanks again, Meathead, and thank you for listening to this bonus segment of Barbecue Radio Nation.